You're listening to Keystone Cold Cases, a podcast where we reignite cold cases across Pennsylvania. Hey, it's Chelsea. Hey, it's Sarah. And hey, it's Grace. And today, I kind of want to do an extension of the Dakota James case that I talked about in my last episode. I think I said that I was going to talk about Paul Kochu for this episode just because they're mentioned together so frequently. But I really wanted to take the time to just kind of touch on what the smiley face killer theory is, as well as like mention the differences between Dakota's and Paul's cases, because it's actually thought now that Paul may not be a part of this group of killings. So we'll see. I just want to give you guys a basic idea of what this theory is. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Uh, the victim profile for these killings, by the way, this is a theory that came about in 2008 about deaths that have been happening for decades. So just so you know, 2008 is around where this theory came about in the public. So the okay. victim profile that they have put together is young white men. They are normally top students or athletes. And by students, I normally college age. Okay, that's what I thought. In a lot of the cases, they were drinking and then separated from their friends. So ended up away from the group that they went out with. Uh, The theory posits that the victims are abducted, held for a period of time, and then killed and dumped in the water. So most of the time, it's not just someone killing, like pulling someone off the street, killing them, throwing them in the water. It has more to do with keeping them, potentially torturing them. I haven't seen anything about ransoms. It seems more to just be more of a torture aspect. And maybe I'm I'm mixing this with something else. Isn't it often that the victims in what are thought to be smiley face hail lings are usually gay or bisexual or something other than straight? It's a lot of that community, but not necessarily everyone. Okay. I think they're overrepresented in this group, so it does kind of make you wonder. It seems a little skewed. Yes. I mean, especially this is coming about in 2008. You know, that was still, I mean, 2022, it's still half taboo. But, um, you know, so I wasn't sure if that was a definite connection. I had heard it before, but again, I don't really know a whole lot about this theory. I think it's more of a loose connection. Um, But it's not one of the strongest criteria, I guess. Gotcha. Okay. So the people that I'll talk about that kind of came up with this theory and champion this theory believe that most of the victims were potentially drugged with GHB, which is gamma hydroxybutric acid. (laughs) Um, But it is a uh, date rape drug that isn't normally included in like your standard toxicology tests when you're doing an autopsy. Do you know why? Like, is it just not often used or incredibly difficult to detect? I don't think that it's difficult to detect. I think it's just thought to not be very common. And I'm sure there are probably tons and tons of different things you could have in your blood. And they just only test for probably the most common unless there's some reason that comes up that they would test for it. That makes sense. So 
yeah, GHB is not normally tested for. So it's something, you know, if it's not tested for and nothing else is found, it might be said this person was not drugged or had nothing like that in their system. So you just wouldn't know. Of course, they find the smiley face graffiti nearby in most cases. And, you know, the very uncommon smiley face graffiti. And we will absolutely get into that when it comes to kind of the detractors of the theory. But yes, when you hear that, it just it's not very compelling by itself at all. But we will talk about that. that often the and i'm sure we'll get into this later too but i feel like pointing it out now the the kind of response to that is often oh but it's only if it's a smiley face and by water and yeah and yeah and that's still a lot (laughs) that's still all over most bridges are actually near water believe it or not yeah weird crazy um so in an article that i'll talk about in a bit they actually mentioned that there are other symbols like 13 other symbols they look at as well but that's not i think i've heard that yeah maybe from morbid i think yeah so there's that just seems even more chaotic yeah exactly exactly so these bodies are normally found in water often rivers and the deaths end up being classified as either accidental or undetermined uh which means they're never investigated as criminal i think we talked about this with with the um dakota james episode Mm -hmm. but do they ever come up as drowning or do we always know for sure like you you mentioned before, they're killed and then dumped in water. If there is, say, a drowning victim, is it just assumed that that's not related because they drowned? Or could a smiley face victim also have died by drowning? They could have died by drowning, but I think it's okay. mostly in the theory they say specifically that they were killed on land and then okay. dumped. But... okay. It's it's all kind of possible within okay. this theory. So it's it gets a little confusing. If if we haven't caught on by now, it's a pretty broad theory. It is very broad. It is. So yeah, these deaths are classified as accidental or undetermined, and it's normally either drowning or like a blunt force trauma that you would it kind of circumstances would tell you that they made they hit their head and then fell in the water. So it's normally like that type of thing. So unless it is, if it's classified as undetermined, it's a little bit easier from what I've been led to believe. It's a little bit easier to get them to look back into it because it was undetermined, even though it's not being investigated as criminal, it's undetermined. But like in Dakota's case, it was listed as accidental and that's, that's it. He was a missing person. They found him. It was ruled an accident. There was no homicide investigation. So that's where the trouble is for some families that don't believe it was an accident. And it's very hard to get the, as we've seen the medical examiner to change their mind unless they see some, um, right. Very concrete proof. Right. So this theory was put together by a small team of retired detectives and um, a professor uh, in, well, they went public with their findings in 2008, but they had been researching for about three years before they kind of released that to the public. But uh, this group includes NYPD, former NYPD detective Kevin Gannon, 
also former NYPD detective Anthony Duarte, and then Dr. Lee Gilbertson, who's a criminal justice professor. And what's interesting about him is that he used to kind of regard, it, it was the detectives that came up with the theory first. And Dr. Gilbertson kind of didn't even really think much of the theory. He didn't, he saw it as very broad and not really something compelling, but then he gave his grad students an assignment to kind of look into this smiley face killer theory. And he just kind of looked at the statistics and everything. And he was all of a sudden like convinced that this was something that was huh. worth looking into and that he really wanted to get involved with. So he felt that strongly about it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So he joined their little group and um, he was in the one documentary where they were talking about Dakota James in the first episode. It was the whole, it's like a series mm -hmm. for the smiley face killers. But yeah, it was really interesting how he talked about that. He's like, yeah, I thought it was just like a bullshit theory, but wow, his students convinced him, I guess. So kind of what the he saw when he looked at the students research was that this phenomenon is not statistically random, like these drownings are not statistically random, like there should be a large standard deviation of characteristics, whether that's physical or personality wise, all of that. But there's just not. And I mean, it didn't get deep into the statistics, but right. Enough to kind of make you cock your head and be like, hmm, there's there's really a pattern here. Interesting. Yeah. So so in 2008, as at the time that they kind of shared their research, they had potentially linked 45 victims together from the Midwest to the Northeast. The number has now more than doubled across 27 states. So it kind of grew very quickly. So what and maybe you're getting to this, what is the kind of criteria of the area? Does it have to be like within a city or is it always just like, could it be, you know, small little podunk Perry County, but someone's in the Susquehanna, so it counts? It's normally like, a city. Okay. And especially cities with colleges in them. Okay. Because it does tend to okay. be college age men. Oh, yes. That yeah. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. So when they're, I didn't know if they were looking at like, you know, it's only the Northeast or, but it really did become like nationwide. Right. They were looking at kind okay. of a certain region at first, like I said, Midwest to Northeast, but it just kind right. of broadened and they realized there were more cities. Okay. So that's a lot. So there, um, the theory is that there's like a well set up cell or there's like a number of cells of serial killers. It's not just one. It's like gangs basically of serial killers that are doing this. I just don't get that or understand that or think it's like true because so many people slip up by saying something or making mistakes. Like the more people you add, the more liability of being found out is. And Agreed completely. I don't know. I just, I mean, I don't know. I, I couldn't see that. Like maybe one person, but like you'd all have to be pretty in sync and crazy to be able to follow through with that many. Yeah, it would have to be so organized. And I, I agree. I mean, how do you keep that under wraps? And they say this has been going on for decades. 
Um, I mean, I guess someone's like turning a blind eye. I mean, you have so many times where you hear of other cases, maybe not murder, but like like raping or child porn, those types of rings, how organized and like. Well, that's true. Not getting busted because people are protecting them, that type of thing. And there are, you know, drug lords that have like complete underground things going on. And there's. I mean, there's such a thing as like secret societies that have really kept themselves right. under wraps. So I guess I'm always playing like devil's advocate with myself. And it seems really unlikely to me. But then I'm like, mm, but maybe it's kind of how I feel about it. Fair enough. After the guys came out with this theory, like directly afterwards, the FBI issued a statement saying that there is no evidence to back up this theory. And most, if not all, of the deaths were alcohol-related drownings. Oh. Yes. Yeah. So they're like, hey, this is not like an official theory. (laughs) Quick heads up. Yeah. Quick note. Yeah, the FBI loves to shut that shit down. Because remember when they were like, oh, we um, solved, we know who the Zodiac killer is. And then the FBI was like, "Mm, officially you don't. (laughs) And then we never heard anything. Yeah. So they released that and then there was more of a detailed uh, statement that came out that was kind of listing specific reasons why this was not a thing. Okay. Got you. If the FBI is saying the deaths were alcohol related drownings, how are the causes of death being listed as undetermined or I mean, accidental could still be drowning, but. Like, if the FBI is saying most, if not all of these are drownings, that's not lining up with what, like, the coroner's reports are saying and the autopsies are saying. How so? Because they're not distinguishing them as drownings. They are. It's like manner of death is the undetermined and accidental, but then the cause is drowning. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry if I was, like, unclear about that. So they normally do put a cause because you could have drowning well, as homicide or drowning as accident. Because okay. that's why I mentioned before, because it said, you know, like they were killed out of the water. So then their cause of death wouldn't be drowning if they thought they were killed out of the water. Right. So. So that's why I wasn't sure. I see what you're saying. It's, and it's it's one of those super specific things that we just might not know in a theory yeah that's a good thing to point out though i I see exactly what you're saying so yeah fbi (laughs) said that no this is not a thing and you know there are lots of detractors from this the official uh police stance as well is that there's nothing like this going on so it's really like a side project these are retired detectives but it's like a side project it doesn't have anything to do with the official police so they're kind of going ahead with it anyway uh i saw in the one article that they were saying like they don't know how much information we have uh, and things like that. And they didn't specify too much. And I'm guessing they're just not sharing everything they know. Right. But I have a feeling it's backed by a lot of, you know, those statistics and the fact that there's not sure. a lot of standard deviation just makes you raise an eyebrow. And then there's Dr. Right. Cyril Wecht, who I talked about in Dakota's case, who's a very high profile right. pathologist. He also thinks that it's statistically impossible for all of these to be a coincidence. 
just the fact that so many fit this profile and are ending up in the same exact way. So just statistically, that that's what makes people kind of say, hey, this could be possible. Sure. Is there a certain year band like the smiley face killings didn't start until 1990 or, you know, like, is there a certain or will they look at any, you know, like if there was a body found by a smiley face in you know, the 60s. I believe officially their first one was in the 90s. I want to say 95. Okay. Yes, I I believe it was 95. Okay. If nothing else, it was in the 90s. So yeah, it's kind of the 90s until now. Okay. Gotcha. Dr. Wecht also, his thing is that these men should be able to react if they did fall into the water. And, you know, Dakota was a strong swimmer, that sort of thing. But people have drowned in the river. I mean, there's undercurrents and alcohol in their system. Exactly. So it's not he makes it sound like it's unheard of, but it's it's not. And I found this statistic, too. And this was something that I believe was in the podcast. Three Rivers, Two Mysteries, if I can remember correctly. But it says there were only six victims of accidental or undetermined drownings in the 10 winters between 2006 and 2016 in Pittsburgh. And if that's true, then you have my attention with this statistics thing. Right. But I, I couldn't confirm it. I'm just not exactly sure where to look for that. I'm assuming if I did some digging, I would find his sources, but... Right. Well, and I'm sure that also means that there could be more that were, like, suicidal drownings. There could be more drownings that were homicidal drownings. You know what I mean? Like, and just as far as categorizing them. And I'm guessing... But I would think those are rare. Like, I wouldn't think that those are massively happening all the time. Yeah, and I guess they did specify winters, so there could be ones... You know, in other seasons and bodies are found in the spring a lot of the time. And I could have sworn I saw like a list of it might have been when I was looking for things about Dakota James. There was like a list of all these like drownings that had happened in that area in the Allegheny Mm -hmm. in the past, like so many years. And they most of them seemed like accidental to me. So then I'm I wonder if it's that winter detail yeah could be are are the smiley face killings only in winters no or can not that i know of i i hadn't heard that as criteria it just i just wasn't sure why why they worded the statistic that way yeah i'm i'm not quite sure but unless they are saying they're covering that whole 10 years it's unclear but i just i'm led to believe that there's got to be more just because of stories i've seen of specific ones that sure and didn't include you know young men um right all different demographics but um there was also something about they were interviewing uh, police officer in Pittsburgh that it was like just in this like past like so much time I've stopped a bunch of young drunk guys from going near the river like they just kind of stumble down there they're not paying attention and they're like yeah hey get away from the water like that could potentially be dangerous so they see yeah. a threat there 
And I'm sure it's happened. I'm right. I'm just sure that it has. I mean, there was that really big case a couple of years ago. And I want to say, was it Conchi? Where a kid ended up dying around Christmas, a, a, a male. Was he younger? He, he was younger. Okay. Um, But there was like a whole lot of speculation about it. And there was like issues with like, I mean, they were using like video and stuff like that. But like one place didn't have it. But they, they did end up finding him like in the water and they speculated that he had fallen in. I don't, I don't think it's linked with the smiley face killer theory at all. But it just brought up a lot of talk about how like the drunk, especially along Conshohocken, all the, basically the main line down to Philly, because it is along the Schuylkill um, the issues with that, with like the drinking and then wandering off, falling in. So that was like a big talking point a couple of years ago. Yeah. So I don't know. It, people are very divided about it. Different groups are divided. Uh, and I just want to mention he's not like part of this group, but kind of like a champion of this theory is author William Ramsey. He wrote a book about the smiley face killings um, where he really goes into detail. but. He's also a very, I guess, devout Christian, which there's nothing wrong with that. It's not like he they can't be objective, but it kind of seems like maybe he can't. He also wrote uh. Abomination, Devil Worship and Deception in the West Memphis Three Murders. And I know a lot of people into true crime basically like know that Damien Eccles and company like didn't do this and they were targeted by the yeah. media and right. this was during satanic panic and this kind of feeds right into that. So I just personally take what he's saying with a grain of salt. Um, That's fair. I believe he has a podcast as well. But yeah, when I started looking at the other books that he had written, I was like, hmm, how objective is this person? Yeah. And I don't know. I just don't tend to put much stake in what people say if they still believe there was such widespread devil worship in the 80s and 90s. And I mean, I'm sure it happened. I'm sure it did. But the media played it up so much. Yep. It was just a mess. Yeah. So I just wanted to mention him in there. So what the smiley face killer group kind of points to is the decon decomposition level of the bodies when they're found don't seem to coincide with the amount of time that they've been missing. It seems like maybe they've been missing for 30 days, but autopsy shows they were probably in the water for about two and a half days. So things like that is kind of what led to them thinking that they were killed on land mm -hmm. um, and held well, held and then killed and then dumped in the water. Right. So they point to that. We did talk last time about how if it's especially cold water, bodies can be preserved. Right. Um, especially if the water isn't moving very quickly. So, I mean, it's possible that that could skew these findings. But then kind of playing the devil's advocate to that autopsies in these instances from what I've seen don't normally show any sign of the torture that they okay. are saying they probably went through after their abduction. There were those okay. possible ligature marks on Dakota's body, if right. you remember, but 
in general, they don't seem to have very many bruises on them, at least bruises that were caused, you know, before death. Okay. So that's kind of the back and forth there. Specifically in Dakota's case, there were smiley faces on the Robert Clemente Bridge. If you'll remember, that's the bridge that he probably would have crossed to get home. The city said that all graffiti had been removed the prior November, but that's still two months to get graffiti graffiti back on. Right. And it's a smiley face, like you were saying in the beginning. It's a smiley right. face, and it's, if not the most, one of the most common symbols yeah. in graffiti. It and just is. It's It's the Roberto Clemente Bridge. Like, it's not this you know, tiny bridge far off in the middle of nowhere. Like that is downtown that connects downtown to the sports fields. Like, yes, that's a, a common area. So, and we had talked about kind of the places where the theory takes place, I guess, or the places where they say that the murders happen are in cities and what's in cities, right? Graffiti. <laughs> so yeah. that's the thing. It's just, yeah. And people will also say these drownings were often listed as accidental or undetermined. So it's normally not really pinpointed where exactly there's theories, but they don't know where exactly right. they entered the water. Also true. Yeah. And how would most of the people know where the body was going to show up? I mean, right. it's just... It's just really hard. That That's what makes it so broad. I mean, they found graffiti at the Roberto Clemente. I think I said Robert Clemente. I meant Roberto Clemente um, bridge. There was graffiti on the Roberto Clemente bridge, but they're not. That's a theory of where Dakota entered the water, but they're not. No one's 100% sure. There's no right. solid proof that that's where right. he went into the water. So there could be a smiley face there, and that's not even where he went into the water. So right. it's just hard to kind of point to that and say, aha. Right. This is conclusive. No. No, it's not. Oh, I forgot to mention this when it comes to kind of the decomposition of the body and how it doesn't seem like it had been in the water for as long as that person had been missing. Mm -hmm. uh, Detective Gannon in particular noted... The presence of land insects and lividity patterns, which lividity, mm -hmm. um, if listeners don't know, is when a person dies and then they're in a certain position, the lowest point of the body is where all of that blood pools. So you can kind of tell if that person was left on their side for a long time or on their back. Uh, so it really does kind of tell you a lot about where the body was maybe previously or a position that it had spent a lot of time in. So they look at those and also the lack of bloating like associated with the recovered remains. It suggests that the victims died on land and not in the water. Hmm. Um, so that kind of goes back to what you were saying, Sarah, about right. the autopsies not really jiving with either what the FBI says are drownings. Right. Or... I mean, it's it's <laughs> possible that the FBI was misquoted or, you know, from they said this to it went to this article and then this article and then we found it from this fourth removed, you know, piece of information. So. 
it may just be that that they were saying that they were alcohol involved deaths or something rather than alcohol drownings right and maybe that particular word just got messed up somewhere in translation and it can be sort of i don't know ambiguous maybe like in dakota's case he did have water in his lungs but not in his esophagus so there is that room for doubt whether like it was probably drowning but there could be room for doubt and he could have been killed a different way but right i also didn't hear about any bruises besides that ligature mark right so it's it can be tough and very confusing and i think that's that's kind of what they're saying okay gotcha gotcha i will say that this is a theory that a lot of family members of victims tend to turn to kind of as some sort of answer yes because a lot of them feel like the police and this is kind of what drives the detectives and the professor too to keep pushing for this because a lot of people feel that the police were just it was kind of a rush job and the medical Mm -hmm. examiner says accidental drowning and the police just close the case they don't look into it any further okay and then yeah yeah. so people are frustrated and they'll look into alternative theories and if they're like hey my loved one that mostly maybe fits into this profile this could be it they're just looking for answers so but i think that's been pushing it along quite a bit because in dakota's case his family did contact detective gannon about this okay so families will reach out i mean absolutely and if it is a true theory which the statistics are supporting more and more and more then you know, it it gives a little bit more weight to that confidence of this being somehow involved. Right. Yeah. Doesn't give an answer necessarily, but it gives you something to connect your anger towards or to at least somewhat resolve something mm-hmm. so that you have some sort of cause for the loss of your loved one yeah and it's a good place to start and to point to and say hey open this person open my loved one's case back up because it could be this so yeah absolutely exactly so as we've been kind of reading through this if you listen to my dakota james episode then you'll definitely be drawing parallels to you know the profile and how people think that he is definitely part of this phenomenon if you will uh but paul kochu who i'm going to talk about next episode who is linked to dakota a lot of the time actually they looked at paul's case and they don't think that it quite fits the profile so when we talk huh. about that you'll kind of see so it's interesting to me just We'll go over the differences, but it's interesting to me why they're still linked. Hmm. But yeah, that's my overview of the smiley face killer theory. And awesome. We will talk about Paul in my next episode. That's all we have for this episode of the Keystone Cold Cases podcast. Please remember never to reach out to family or friends of the victims, only to law enforcement if you have any tips. This episode was researched and hosted by me, Grace. 
Find all of our sources, social media connections, and contact information at kccpod.com. Theme music by Darren Makins. Production assistance from Darren Makins. Join us again next week for another case to sleuth out.